0: Welcome, everyone, and thank you for listening to Sports Doc Talk, all sports, all orthopedics, all the time. I'm Will Sanchez along with Dr. Grant Garcia. He's your orthopedic surgeon and sports medicine specialist. Check him out at GrantGarciaMD.com. Dr. Garcia, spring is in the air, flowers are blooming. And the ballpark is starting to buzz as baseball season's back around, and especially here in Seattle, where the fan base is really excited about this upcoming season. We're going to get into that a little bit, but really our show is going to be talking about a little bit about a baseball, but pretty much some of the new rules and some of the new challenges that some of the doctors and some of these players may be facing First and foremost, Dr. Garcia, welcome. And what kind of a fan are you? Who's your favorite team when it comes to baseball?
1: Well, you know, I well, I live in Seattle, and I know that Mariners are true to heart for a lot of us. Uh, you know, we're in New York, as I know you are too, with football. And I am, my dad grew up being a Yankees fan. And my grandfather, my dad always told my sister, she said, I hope you bring home someone that's a Yankees fan. That's what she told to her. So, we are Yankees fans, so I root for the Yankees for the most part.
0: So how, how unusual it is that we're both Giants fans, we're both Yankee fans. So let's go, Yankees. Let's get ready to go. I've already got my ticket for one of the games when they come out here. I believe it's in May. I think they're coming out here really early this year. So uh, I've got one of my tickets already for, for the family because we have to at least show up to one of the games. So we're really excited. And what's really exciting about this year is that it's probably the most excited I've been about a season that doesn't include wins and losses for the team I love, but for the overall game. Right. And we go back to the strike season when Sosa and Maguire came back and really kind of saved baseball. And I know when it talks about steroid use and everything else, you know, people tend to forget that these two individuals really saved baseball in the summer of baseball, which was absolutely incredible. And I'm excited about this season on that same level because of some of the different changes, whether it's the speed of the game, that's something that's happening now because now we have a pitch count. And just to kind of inform our listeners if they're not baseball fans or not know exactly what that means, there's now a countdown. So it counts down from 30 seconds between batters. So after a batter, the 30-second clock comes on, starts to count down. In between uh, pitches to that batter, it will be 15 seconds with nobody on, and 20 seconds if there's a base runner, and then the pitcher must start his delivery before the clock expires. The batter has to get in the, in the box by a certain time. I don't want to go through all the minutia of these, you know, all the rules, but the the point of context here is the game is going to speed up, right? And in the minors, they tested this, and it sped up by about 25 minutes. So they're trying to shorten the game with the with the the, the span of everyone's or lack of span of for some of the people that go to these games it should be a little bit shorter so is this something that's excited for you exciting for you with these new rules that you're looking forward to this season
1: so you know as a surgeon i've got a fairly short attention span so for <laughs> me i'm looking forward to these shortened rules i've always i love baseball i love watching baseball i love you know picking a pair of baseball players i i love everything about baseball but the the speed of the game is challenging when you, you know, go straight from football to baseball season uh, and, you know, football, the speed with the the clock count, or, you know, my new favorite sport is hockey since I'm actually a big Kraken fan now. Okay. Uh, So it's just different to watch uh, the speed of those games versus baseball. So it's nice to see a little bit of integration. I'm sure there's comments and People have issues all over the board with different things in terms of, you know, this is not going away from the original way the baseball was played. Uh, But I think it's good to have sort of it sped up in the game. It is now because sometimes these games can go really long, you know, like four or five hours, extra innings, et cetera. And having this sort of account, I think will will change things up and make it a different strategy in the game.
0: I, I agree and it, it should be really exciting and you know we're talking about being a Yankee fan especially the old Yankees Red Sox games there you go you're going four plus hours and we're lucky enough that we live on the west coast and I say if you're a sports fan and you live on the west coast it's just absolutely beautiful because the games end early mm-hmm. but on the east coast like the national uh, championship for basketball is happening and they're starting at 920 on the east coast so so these games really go along, especially if you're a fan. And more importantly, if you have little ones and you want to take them to the game, even if they're not that little, you know, but they've got school the next day. Starting a game so late, going home and getting home at 11, 1130 midnight is a big deal. Anyway, we're not going to get into all that. That could be a different show if people want to talk sports. We're here for that because we are sports fans. But we wanted to do this show, and the reason was was how does the pitch clock affect certain pitchers? And when I first started thinking about this, I said, we've got pitchers now that they throw in the high 90s, right? They they hit triple digits. They throw 100, DeGrom, a bunch mm-hmm. of other pitchers, right? And they had the luxury of throwing that fastball, hitting 99, 100, 101, and then getting the ball back, walking around the mound, you know, getting themselves ready, you know, hitter adjust themselves, a minute later, throwing another pitch you don't have that luxury now and i was thinking what happens to the fatigue of these pitchers especially pitchers that throw hard so just off that just off that basis what is something that really kind of stands out when you think about a pitcher that throws so hard and is really really getting ready to throw that pitch again 15 seconds later
1: Well, as we know, you know, the baseball pitch is one of the most looked after, analyzed uh, movements in all of sports because it's such a high torque, high acceleration, high deceleration force. And we see a lot of injuries as a result. You know, some of us who do care a lot of baseball players, you know, we see so many different Tommy John injuries or shoulder injuries due to baseball. And it's because of this sort of recoil and acceleration. So to hear that, you know, you're going to have players that can go in the high 90s to triple digits, which happens a lot more now than it used to. You know, that is a concern, in my opinion. I think that what we'll see is that there's going to be some adaption. You know, these pitchers who either throw this hard are not going to be able to go as long and or they're going to have to change their pitches up. So they're going to have to have they can't continually throw fastballs or stick with a high fastball repertoire. Uh, But at the same point, you know, it's going to be interesting to see because I, I think that most of the things we do in baseball are based off pitch count. Yeah. when you're younger, now again, this is major leagues, but a lot of times it's like, okay, you hit on pitches and there's certain ages that we go off of uh, and that the little league pitch count. And so and players themselves have all been tracked for pitch count, too. That's what you know, the playoffs are a little different. Yeah, and so it'll be interesting to see if this changes that number, you know, the data. We need a few years to see what happens. I do hope we don't see an increase in reconstructions or Tommy John, uh, UCL reconstructions as a result of this, because it's already sort of on the rise uh, with all this other stuff. So it'll be interesting to see in the next two years, you know, hopefully we're still doing this sports talk, talk podcast. and We can talk about this episode and go back to it and say, is there been an increase in injuries as a result of the change in the game? Cause there, you know, there'll be, there'll be articles on this all over the place in the next year or two, if you find out that data.
0: You know, and it's really interesting that, that you mentioned that because, the data, right? That was the key word that you just say there. You know how much data is mm-hmm. there, right? So there's data in the minor leagues, but it's different in the majors, right? Uh, even though we think that that's ne- that's the next step, but the reality is it's multiple steps for you to be, you know, a single A, double A, triple A pitcher to then be a consistent top notch, or just an everyday player pitcher uh, in the major leagues. you you are doing something that is very different. And this is the first year that we're doing it. And we talked about the fastball, right? Because that was just kind of the easy thing to think about. But what about what we've talked about in previous shows with our kids or young kids? And these are adults, but they're throwing breaking pitches. Um, What kind of fatigue or concerns you might have when it comes to the elbow muscles or ligaments where you're doing something... You know, you're putting that strain so quickly after you know you've thrown a pitch.
1: Well, I mean, I'm I'm worried in the majors because of how hard they throw. But these these players have been self-selected, right? They're already the ones that didn't get injured, or they got injured and they recovered well. They're all giants. You know, you can tell a baseball player how good they are by a pitcher. You know, if they stand, they stand up in the office and they're above your head. You know, I'm not that tall; I'm about six one. Uh, but you know, the ones you can tell these guys are very large and strong. And so their bodies have been self-selected to be these top players. But when younger kids are growing, it's a big difference. I mean, again, that that speed, uh, that speed uh, sort of an accelerated pitch count uh, information or accelerated pitch count rule may cause some more injuries, but it might not change at all. And I'm sure that the MLB has done, done information on it and seen in the minors that didn't change anything or they wouldn't have gone ahead with it because that's the last thing they want to see. But for little kids, this is concerning to me because until your growth plate's close, and for... An adult male it can be between 16, uh, around 16 years old, but it can be a little bit older. If you throw too hard, you can actually change the rotation of your shoulder, which can be something that's a little bit concerning. You can have sort of growth plate disturbances. And for younger kids, I mean, I see, I've see, i seen kids now with Tommy John injuries at 13, 11, 12, and we never used to see those. And we're seeing a lot more at 15 as a result of pitching. And so now you have a, now you have this plus a faster count and they have to more, move more rapidly it does concern me, but again, with Little League, you know they're not doing the same psych out stuff that they do in the major leagues with sort of the way they trot around and do the different things. So it's it's part of a show as well. So it's it's twofold. But I I do worry that there's a chance we see with the younger ones. I think the younger kids are way more susceptible to injury than the adult pitchers.
0: You talk about shoulder fatigue. What are the, some of those uh, key shoulder injuries that you'll see in? whether it's a pitcher or that type of movement, whether it's baseball or something else that will impact that shoulder.
1: So with people, with most of the ones I see, they're usually they're 15 and above. And so most of their growth plates are completed. So if their growth plates are closed for the most part, the number one thing is slapped tears, And that's a lot of times, What I see in the office doesn't always need surgery, but I see a lot of slap tears and high-level baseball players. I probably just saw a few last week, for instance. So that's one thing we see. The other one you see is rotator cuff strains. Occasionally you see a rotator cuff tear and then bicep symptoms. But the number one thing is a slap injury, uh, which means there's a tear of the top part of the labrum. The thing is you don't need surgery. And we looked at Yankees players, we looked at the Mets and everything else, we took care of them. You see these in players as a result of, in order to peel your arm back, you know, when you throw a baseball, you don't, you're do not you not normally built to throw a baseball like that. Your arm goes back a certain amount. It's called external rotation. And as you learn to pitch better, you can—you find a way to get your arm out more, ex- externally rotate more. So therefore, you can speed up your velocity. Yeah. And that's how some players get throw the ball faster. But as a result, your body's not used to that. So you peel off the labrum so that you can get your arm back farther. And then sometimes it becomes symptomatic, and that's called the slap tear.
0: I'm gonna stay with that area right because I'm trying to think about the arm and and before we work our way down I'm just kind of kind of work your way back um would you see a back injury or somewhere along the line can it be you know anywhere it's a, a disc or a strain or something like that from having this this momentum this force as being conjured up by by throwing a baseball like this?
1: You could, I mean, you heard of players with spasms, but that's generally in the older kid age category. Gotcha. I don't see too many back injuries from pitching. Uh, you see a lot more from football, et cetera, or with, you know, with like Ben Simmons with obviously the basketball, uh, but the uh, not as much in the pitchers with the back. You know, you have the shoulder girdle, so a lot of scapula. Uh, so that's the scapula is the bone where the socket connects in. And that's where your wing bone, where people see the winging thing on the, on the back. And so pitchers get a lot of sort of, we call it dyskinesis or the scapula doesn't move appropriately. And as a result, your pitching's all thrown off because remember, when you lift your arm up, your arm only goes so high, then you have to use your scapula to get the rest of the way. So if your scapula is like sort of locked in or not moving appropriately, when you throw, you're not going to throw well. So the thing is people always think, oh, your shoulder, you know, that's the main part of the throwing arm. It's way more than that. You know, there's, they use all these little sensors on people's shoulders and these baseball players to look at the mechanics of them. And we've done those in. Uh, Studies that I've been uh, a part of as well to sort of find the biomechanics, but it's the entire body, it's not just an isolated part.
0: If you are working with, let's say, the Mariners, right? And I know you have experience with the White Sox and, and you know, so on and so forth with all of that. What is something that you may or you think that has been discussed in the room saying, okay, we have to look out for X, Y, and Z with our pitchers on the mound throwing, you know, every 15 seconds. What, what do you think is something that might be in the, that conversation with the team doctors looking at their pitchers, not only f- from game to game, but throughout the season?
1: Well, I mean, the first thing they're going to do is stringently watch speed. You know, if they start losing velocity, you have know, a pitcher that's routinely hit throwing 95 96 miles an hour and starts going to 93, 92 at a much earlier stage. You know, you, you guys, would you'd be shocked at how much data, well, you will, you're a data man, so, you know, but basically you'd be shocked at how much data there is out there. I mean, we basically write papers on papers that data that's commercially available for anybody and it's free and you can go on the websites and look this up, but you can see, you know, how someone pitch counts changes and they have even more impressive data behind the scenes of these, of these players and each one can have pitch counts and it's all tracked uh, so they're, you know, they're really doing a good job of trying to make sure they're watching them for one, obviously also number of pitches they're throwing, you know, curve balls, breaking balls, uh, et cetera. Uh, but really if that speed that people are worried about, You start losing speed and losing accuracy. That's when we say, okay, it's time for them to be pulled out. And we're watching that. And you can also see people drop their arm, certain fatigue movements. Now the high level players are pretty good. They have really good mechanics, yeah. but no matter what you, what it is, you've seen in football you've seen in any of these sports, no matter what kind of athlete you are, you still can get fatigued. And so as a result, you're watching for those signs, body movement and then the speed and then the control.
0: Can you have some injuries from from this? We talked about the shoulder. Obviously we talked about elbow, (laughs) UCL, you know, Tommy John, things like that. I'm assuming the forearm, but the hand and wrist, how does that affect? Is there anything that, you know, can come of, come of this from having an injury from, you know, having this torque and repeating this motion so quickly, is there something that you would look out for the hand and wrist as well?
1: So you, you get a little, you get less hand injuries from baseball, but there you do get hand injuries usually from the baseball hitting the hand. So, you know, yeah. someone gets grabs, tries to grab the ball or jams their finger or breaks their finger or sliding, you know, uh, into uh, the plate so that's usually where the hand injuries come from there's less injuries because again most of the torque you're generating is actually in your elbow which is why the elbow is so focal it's also focal because it's the most devastating of all the injuries for pitchers and pitchers are essentially the quarterback of the team and so when a pitcher goes down it's a big deal right you know you obviously every player is important on there but when your yeah. pitcher is out for that that's a that gets focal it's just like if a quarterback gets hurt everybody knows about it
0: we know these guys train like like there's no tomorrow. But do you think that training and you know this is a tough question to answer because there's such a big area. But do you think training is going to change? Do you think there's going to be anything that uh, doctors start to do with maybe their pitchers or pre- preventative training to help reduce injuries or in order for you to withstand the rigors of such a long season?
1: Oh, you. You can believe it. I bet they've been doing it already. You know, everyone's looking for the edge. Every single major league baseball. Whenever you work with a company, so we talked about this on the napkin innovation episode. We had two, uh, two or three, three, two months ago or so. Yeah. But basically, you know, when we see new, new technology, the very first thing that technology tells us is we've already, we've already have it in all the major league baseball centers. And so they always show the new technology to these guys, get them on board, to use it to see if it works with their athletes. For the most part, as long as it's safe. And wearables are a huge aspect of this. So, you know, there's yeah. different sleeves that can track the counts. There's different baseballs. There's different other movements that, that track all the mechanics of the players. And, you you know, they're practicing this uh, during their practices. And you know that they practice this, you know, they're practicing this in times and you're not even thinking about it. And so they're, they're prepping for this already. Uh, and they had the whole season, you know, sort of to discuss this and seeing what happened in the minor leagues. You can tell they already had scouts out there doing this. So... Well, we think they might or might not know. They're already way ahead and they've been preparing for this. You know, were the pitchers preparing for it with their standard routine? Maybe, maybe not. But they're also going to adapt, right? You know, you've seen as soon as someone has something new way of beating the system here, they're all going to catch on very quickly uh, because it's just only a matter of time.
0: So, uh, Dr. Garcia's a uh, goodie bag would consist of uh, wearables, data, uh, and training. What 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 else is in that goodie bag? You know, to get, make sure that your guys are still uh, ready to go.
1: A big bags of ice. They're always uh, the, oh, the, the the uh, baseball players. You know, you see them come in after the White Sox, uh, and they're you know wrapped with ice all over their body. It's just sort of a uh, It works well. I love ice. You know, I've been injured before and I've had to use ice. It works amazing. It's the the cheapest, easiest thing you can do and it doesn't injure you. But, you know, these guys are loaded with ice and wrap uh, as soon as they leave uh, the stadium and go to the locker room. uh, So that, you know, that's one thing you want to put in your goodie bag too. But obviously you got to keep it in the freezer. So that's a little bit challenging. Um, But I think, you know, the wearables are really important, like you mentioned, uh, and then sort of any supplementation. And then you're also testing sort of you know, all their vitamins and minerals and making sure their sweat counts. And they have all these different things to try to find, get these athletes at maximum ability and also depends on the weather too.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. I didn't even think about the weather, how it plays a part, especially early in the season in uh, some of these cold weather states and how that affects. Let's just talk about it real quick, since you mentioned it, how does cold weather compare to if you're playing in uh, Minnesota and uh, instead of, uh, you know, Miami or something like that, how does the weather play a part? Is it, is it a positive or negative if it's a certain temperature? Well,
1: I think, you know, when you, the low temperatures, you concern about some tightness, right? Spasms, uh, you know, the arm may be warmed up, but the rest of the body may not be right. So you could have other injuries or your mechanics may be slightly off. You know, again, a lot of these players practice in these conditions, but then again, where's most of the training? Spring trainings in warm weather climates, and so they're they're still really adapted to this type of weather. Now, again, a lot of the stadiums are covered, et cetera. And when you start actually playing, you know your body temperature raises significantly. I worry more about the extreme heat because that's when you can get fatigued, you mm. can be dehydrated. You know, again, these are professional athletes. You know, they'll only hydrate so much. You you have to, you know, you see them in the dugout; they're having a good time. Uh, they're trying to have their best to try to enjoy the game. You know you have certain pitchers that are a different animal like verlander that probably you know doesn't speak and just sort of has everything that's teed up to perfectly but that's yeah. not the way everybody is so basically you know that's when you worry about hydration are they properly are they properly setting themselves up up to get it through the game because you have high temperatures faster pitch count you know that's when that's when sweat and other electrolytes are really important in understanding what the body's doing and that's probably where They get into some of these sort of wearables. You can test the sweat, those different things. And I'm sure there's things that I've even heard of or seen uh, that I'm sure these players are using to try to get an edge and keep themselves on top.
0: It'll be an exciting season. I'm looking forward to it. I'll play doctor on my couch looking for a, a, a drop in miles per hour, maybe uh, the ball not snapping so hard on a curveball, and I'll sit there and point to no one and say, look, he's getting fatigued. There's something going on. So I'll play doctor on the couch as you play real doctor in the real world. Let's talk about baseball predictions this season. Let's hear it. Who is coming out of the National League for you? What team are you picking? Mm. You know how to do it, right, We had to go do this, right?
1: I know. You always do this.
0: Yeah. What you got? Come on. Let's pick it. Who's your team? I'd
1: say, you know, I don't know. Maybe I would say Houston.
0: All right. So Houston's an American League, but we'll take Houston, right? So you think Houston will be back in the World Series? And about the National League, who do you think?
1: Let's see. I'm thinking Dodgers.
0: All right. That's a good one. All right. I I'm going to go with the Braves even though I think San Diego is going to give uh play really well. I would love to say the Yankees, but I still think that the Astros have a slightly the better team, but we'll see. There's so much baseball and these obviously predictions sure to go wrong, so please don't hold us to it or not do. Do so. We'll talk about it. And you know what? I'm I forgot there's one more thing before we go. And I just wanted to bring oh. it up. All right. Here we go. Since we're in Seattle and we're, uh, we're in Mariner country, we're going to do a little trivia. And if the Mariners want to be successful this year, they're going to be led by their skipper, Scott Service. Who was the last American League manager of the year for the Mariners? Can you pick who that coach was? Lou Pinella. Lou Piniella won it in 1999 and 2001. He's the only American League Manager of the Year for the Seattle Mariners. That answer is correct.
1: That's unbelievable. I got that right. I never did it right. That's great.
0: That is wonderful. I wanted to tie it into some Yankee way also. I know the Seattle Mariners fans will say, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah Lou Pinella was a New York Yankee. He played for the Yankees. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we don't get everybody's uh, feathers ruffled. Listen, Thank you for taking a little bit of time so we could talk about the show, talk a little baseball, and more importantly, talk about some of the things that all of us are going to be looking forward to. Because there's so many new rules, so many different changes. Whether it's uh, banning the shift and you know getting in the box right away with the the pitch uh, clock and runner on second base, and it's so many different rules, we're really excited about this season. I hope everyone gets out to the ballpark with your friends and family, have a good uh, good time. Get your uh, peanuts, Cracker Jacks and, you know, get your uh, cold beverage and try to have some fun this summer. To me, baseball is a sign that summer is around the corner and it's almost here. So we get some blue skies, some nice sun rays and spend a lot of time outdoors. So I hope you're excited about summer as I am, Dr. Garcia.
1: I'm very excited about summer, excited about the, uh, the new season excited about this podcast and make sure you guys uh, subscribe to us we have a brand new website uh, www.sportstalk.com which has a lot of information you can learn about will sanchez and myself Uh, plus you know subscribe to any of the networks you want to we're on all the major uh, podcast centers and i am excited to announce we have our first listener episode coming up next Uh, we have a good friend that asked to learn about Uh, How to keep our athletes who are aging back in the game uh, and from a former Ironman, what does it take? And so that'll be our next episode. So everybody looking forward to doing that in the next month or so. And there's a lot more coming up. We've had a lot of requests for different things. So we're really excited
0: yeah and please keep the requests coming on uh we always put some polls and q a's and feel free to reach out to us in the many different forums and put in your requests. we want to hear about this and hear about that so just a reminder thank you very much for listening sports doc talk all sports all orthopedics all the time i'm will sanchez that's dr grant garcia check him out grantgarciamd.com he's our orthopedic surgeon and sports medicine specialist Thank you for listening to the show. Dr. Garcia, thank you for being with us and taking some time today.
1: Thank you for having me.
0: Take care.